0: There is no segregated life as a Christian. You either are or you aren't. Hey guys, you're listening to the Reign in Life podcast, a movement for
1: all men to rise up and take hold of their identities in Christ. Gentlemen, welcome to the Reign in Life podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the tribe. We're so glad to have you. Hey, and if you are a returning guest, thank you for your support. Guys, we appreciate you. Today, again, I'm joined uh, by Mike S- Sion, Sion, I'm going to yeah. get it, Mike, hey, I'm going to get you're it. you're on it,
0: man, you're all over
1: it. He was a full-time missionary in Peru. He's yeah. got some crazy stories that I want you guys to hear. And in our previous podcast, we talked about the calling of God and then the waiting period and how men and, and, and a good surrounding of men really helps in being able to launch you in a good trajectory, right, so, to the purposes of the Lord. So guys, if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check that conversation out first, Uh, Mike, tell me, what are you passionate about?
0: I am passionate about Jesus. I spend a lot of my time thinking about how I can stay close, get close, walk with Jesus, man. That's that's what I've been doing all these years.
1: I love that. So what did that lead you, Mike? I know um, it involves bringing young children to a foreign country, learning a foreign language. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about that.
0: Well, I mean, uh, moving to uh, Peru, South America from South Louisiana is a huge change.
1: It's not the same thing?
0: Oh, bro, not even <laughs> close. <laughs> uh, yeah, different language, different culture, uh, um, just, just everything different. But we knew it was something that um, God was calling us into. So, you know, pretty much after spending a year uh, raising support, traveling, visiting churches, I think I talked about this last time. Uh, we ended up making the move to Peru and we were working with a missionary family down there, um, in the beginning, learning the language. Um, uh, you know, I don't think reality really hits you in the beginning. It probably takes you a couple of weeks yeah. because I mean, any, any place you go in life, it's kind of like taking a vacation. It's, it's really just fun. Yeah. You know, the first couple of weeks, cause Especially if you're on vacation. New- yeah, you, I'm going back home shortly. Yeah. But after a few weeks, reality begins to hit you. And um, that was one of the early lessons I think that we learned was, uh, hey, man, we're here to live. Wow. You know, we're here to work and we're here to be effective for the kingdom of God. Um, so um, I think once you get past the uh, the honeymoon and you get settled in, it's it's a lot of hard work. And so I don't know maybe if maybe somebody out there is feeling like God's calling them to missions uh, enjoy the fun parts, but you got to know that when you're going down there, you're not just going down there to live, but you're going down there to be productive. You're going down there to, to spread the gospel. I mean, right. Paul says you're an ambassador right. of Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot of hard work involved in that. Um, I know over the years I counseled a lot of young missionaries and one of the things I taught them, I said, don't do it for the adventure. Yeah. Because when the adventure's over, then what? Yeah. And, and you know, you got to know the only thing that keeps you is when you know that, you know, I am where God wants me to be. Right. That'll keep you anywhere. Safe I mean, wh- yeah, I mean, whether you're, you're in the middle of battle somewhere, whether you're on a mission field, whether you're in a job or a vocation, I am where I am supposed to be because God has me yes. here. That'll keep you. Yes. Uh, because if you don't have that, it's just a matter of time before you become restless and and and, and bored and And, and, uh, and if you leave that situation before your commit commitment time, and then, then you feel like, well, you know, I really failed Yes, and you become ineffective for anybody because then you don't want to serve or do anything anymore. Right. But, um, there were a lot of lessons in the beginning that we learned, um, um, how to relate to people (laughs) in a culture that is completely different than, uh. Your what home. you're used to, Well, yet. Mike,
1: I actually want I want to get proof of this. So for you guys watching the video, you get to see exactly what what Mike looks like. But I am Dominican born. All right, I'm uh, Spanish was my first language. Entonces, Entonces
0: ¿qu- quisieras escucharme hablar en español? Exactamente, señor. Yo lo uh, sí, no quiero este, escuchar. Yo, a, que, sí, sí, yo quiero que,
1: que no. eh, las personas que están viendo este video o escuchando el audio y uh-huh. eh, puedan ver que usted
0: de verdad puede hablar sí, en español. Sí, por verdad, yo hablo en español. Uh, <laughs> Bueno, viví en el Perú casi 14 años y, bueno puedo leer la Biblia, o todo en wow. español o, uh, lo wow. puede escribir o traducir, hablar. That is todo. amazing. Mike. Sí. Yeah. I
1: love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. And yeah. that is a, just the power of the Spirit coming through. Yeah. And you said it. It took you about six months until you're able to deliver a message yeah. in, in yeah. Spanish.
0: yeah. I mean, a lot of it was written down um, because in the beginning, I mean, there's so many words in Spanish and you know this that sound very close. Yeah. Uh, uh, sentir, sentar, right to feel or to sit. <laughs> <laughs> you could you, trying, you could you could really mess up b- yeah. big, really bad. You know, so good. Would you like to sit or would you like to feel? Right. You know, so um, uh, so I I would write a lot of things down, um, and I shared this with you earlier. That was probably one of my biggest frustrations in the beginning. Was you know you could spend hours writing out a teaching that you were gonna. Follow because you didn't want to say the wrong thing, exactly. you communicate the wrong thing, and, and then get to the end of it. What took hours to prepare and 15 20 minutes to and read, and, and it's like <laughs> that's all I got. And there's so much more I want to say, and I don't know how to say it. I'm scared to launch it. out here because then I might offend somebody, right? Uh, but I mean, yeah, a lot of preparation. Um, uh, spent a lot of time studying the word. Um, God, I remember my head feeling like jello wow. because. I mean, I still had my family, I had my wife, I had yeah. my kids.
1: You're still gonna, you have to provide. Yeah. And
0: then, uh, I mean, I was still active in the church in the beginning. I was just using the translator okay. to teach and preach, but I knew I would always be least effective doing that, even though they loved me and they respected it. If I could learn the language and the culture, then. I could really get close to them right. and uh, develop some real relationships. So what did that look like when you showed up to Peru? What did you show up to? Uh, oh, we landed in an airport in Lima, Peru. and Okay. Uh, with armed guards, with big automatic rifles and yeah, black masks. And Everybody
1: has one, right? Yeah, yeah. I
0: mean, any place <laughs> you go. And so we got to the airport there and, you know, our kids are going like, whoa, what's all this? Uh, but it was... Uh, and then Lima, which is the capital city of Peru, uh, is probably about 50% of the population, roughly, I'm guessing here, okay. of the whole country. And it's, it's, on the, it's on the coast, right in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And so it, it, it never rains. I, I think less than an inch of precipitation wow. a year. So it's, it's dusty. It's dirty. It's not like here where the rain just washes everything away. No we're matter in or.
1: Florida. Yeah. We're <laughs> in Florida. Uh,
0: where we get lots of rain, like this afternoon, we we're supposed to get a bunch, but oh, so it, it was filthy. It was dirty. It was, uh, six months out of the year. It's, it's overcast. It's okay. great. So, I mean, uh, when we got there, I mean, it was like nothing that we imagined. Okay, And, um, so it was, it was, uh, Emotionally, I think even it, it was a hard adjustment at first in the beginning. Until we kind of begin to get settled in, uh, once I began to get uh, more involved and like we began to do some trips out into the jungle and stuff like that, um, it it became a lot better because I was active and I was we had chances to get outside yeah. of Lima itself. And uh, actually, once you get into the interior of the country, there's some beautiful country really? there. Yeah. I mean, you got the Andes mountains that run up yeah, through the center of the country. True. Yeah. Uh, spent a lot, a lot of time up in the mountains, everything going East over the mountains is nothing but jungle. And, mm-hmm. uh, so you've got, uh, man, a lot of different types of biology down the Southern jungle. I mean, right, butterflies this big and stuff. No, yeah. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Just so huge. So, What was bringing you down in through the jungles? Well, we, we knew that one of the things that we felt the Lord gave us to do was to bring the gospel to people that perhaps hadn't heard the gospel. And so um, in the beginning, I had made a trip up to Iquitos, which is in the northern jungle. Um, um, But when I got up there, I mean, there was some need, but I saw a lot of missionaries, a lot of churches. And I said, you know, it just doesn't make sense for all of us to put our candles in the same place when there's still a lot of dark areas. And so I began to investigate with some other missionaries, the southern jungle around the uh, uh, region of Madre de Dios, Mother of God. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of missionary activity, very okay. little, in fact. And so we began to go down that way. and And through spending time down there, we discovered that as you go up the uh, Rio Madre de Dios going up towards Bolivia, there was actually some um, uh, primitive uh, areas where people lived and um, had not heard the gospel. I mean, really? no church plants. And so I don't,
1: I don't think we can conceptualize that in suburban America, right? That there are people in this world that have never seen this book. Yeah. This Holy Bible, yeah. right? Or I'd never heard of the name of Jesus, right? So even if I'm an atheist, I right. still know what I don't believe, you know, well, what I believe well, against. Or-
0: we even went into another area one time and it was a group of us. And one of the missionaries with me, one of the younger guys, uh, we approached some of the leaders in the in the the town, one of the elders. And we, and uh, they said, why are you here? And we said, we're here because we want to be a blessing to you guys. We, we, we brought gifts for you. And uh, and one of the new missionaries said, and uh, we want to tell you about Jesus, about Jesus. And the guy looked, he says, which one is he? <laughs> because is he this here is right a foreign now? concept. I mean, he's, he, he was there, right? And so I basically, I picked wow. up a rock and I said, who made this rock? And well, everybody has a concept of God. Yeah. And well, God made that rock. Right. The same God that made this rock, he made everything you see around here and he made you. We want to talk to you about this God. Wow. Yeah. And so wow. you have to try to contextualize yeah, break it the down. situation right. so that people can uh, understand why you're there. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of places in uh, in the world like that. I think contrary to pop- popular belief, yeah, the gospel has really gotten out, Right. Uh, you know, and I'm thankful for gospel radio and stuff like that and TV. But there's a lot of places those signals don't go. Right. And exactly. unless somebody goes the by unreached. foot. um, and, and travel into those places, uh, That's they're crazy. not going to hear the gospel. That's crazy. You know, uh, and it's, it's, it's not always easy and it's not always the glorious because, you know, you can go to a large city and plant a church and, and probably, um, uh, get a lot of influx, you know, really quick, get people come in, especially as a foreigner, because they were already curious. Cause you know, I'm like the, uh, you know, I'm the white guy in in the Brown bunch, Yeah, you know, so let's go see what this white dude's talking about. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so, um, I would, I would using humor, always refer to myself as the, uh, the gringo pastor. Yeah. And so they loved it. Uh, but that would be easy. And, 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 you know, if you want to just write newsletters and stuff to tell people about all you're doing. But we wanted to do some of that, but we also didn't want to neglect the jungle. So uh, we intentionally uh spent some time down, down in the jungle uh-huh. trying to reach these peoples. And then coming up through the southern jungle, coming back towards the Andes Mountain, there's a lot of small mountain uh towns that are very, uh, I mean, some of them. I remember one time we rode through with my youngest uh, at this time, we had Stephen. Now, Stephen's a baby, little white, 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 blonde hair when Gosh. he's a baby. And so we're going up through little towns that only speak Quechua. They don't even speak Spanish. Wow. Quechua is the dialect from the Inca Empire. And so we pulled over, kind of stretched the legs. We're just riding in our truck. And we're, I mean, we're out in the middle of nowhere. And so we put the tailgate down. We're eating a sandwich, kind of like make a quick picnic before we travel again. Right. Well, all the ladies from the village now, they're coming out. And, 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 and you see, because they've never seen a little white baby before. And so they all want to touch him and and everything. Yeah. And so, uh, you, you know, you begin to realize real quick, once you begin to travel outside the cities and get into some of these areas that there are a lot of people that don't know anything about the gospel. Wow. Yeah. It's really, it's really amazing. So what was your
1: biggest hurdle from the entire experience?
0: Um, in the beginning was a language hurdle. Okay. Uh, but once we conquered that, um, I think sometimes, um, God, we had several hurdles. I don't know if any of them was ever the biggest, but we had several over the years, uh, sometimes dealing with the government, trying to get like medicines and really? stuff in like that to do. Yeah. Cause a lot of times we would do like medical campaigns and clinics, Wow. And we would go into an area and and we would even bring in some of the local doctors. Yeah. But we'd bring in doctors from the United States who would actually bring in the medicines. Wow. So buy my- it here in the States and then bring it with us to treat the people. Yeah. And
1: so as you're telling me that, that complexity that I know was probably involved in that. What would have happened if 20 something year old you was the one that said, okay, God, I'm gonna go, and you went on your own uh strength. And you were putting that thing. Oh, position. it would, would have completely would, failed. I would have got really? angry and everything
0: else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it would have crumbled right there. Uh but you know, those those were uh um those were tough times. And then sometimes now they they do a lot of because of the the distrust, kind of like what we have here in the states now, because of the distrust of people with the government. Okay, uh a lot of times you would have what they call a national paro, Stop, which basically means a nationwide strike. Okay. And so they would shut down every road going anywhere. We could, it, it didn't matter where you were. And so um, that a lot of times would impede progress for us to try to get to wow. places that we yeah. needed to get to and stuff like that. I mean, they would literally. Set the roads on fire wow. and, and put rocks and burning tires across highways and stuff. And you were, you know, uh, it wasn't always wise to get out in the middle of that because people were angry. Oh, of course. Yeah. And they were voicing their anger, you know, with the government. And they weren't out. They they instantly recognized that we were um foreigners. And so they weren't really angry with us, but you could wind up in the middle of something. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you're in crossfire, I mean that's you. Yeah. You know. So that was um. Uh, Frustrations uh, in that. Um, no, you know, sometimes the health issues uh, okay. would be frustrating. Yeah, and so there was a lot of small things like that. I don't think there was ever a really big one that right. we had to deal with. It was just like a constant battle. But we knew while we were down there right. that, and and when we were down there that the enemy wasn't just going to roll over and say, "Okay, do whatever you want." Exactly. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the show. Real
1: quick, there are guys out there that need to hear this and maybe you know someone that needs to hear this specifically. Guys, would you take a quick moment and if the Lord is putting this on your heart, share this with them. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, go ahead and click that like button. Don't forget to subscribe. Let's get back to the show. So what was what would you say was the best experience uh that you had out of the entire uh your entire time there? What did what did your family or you just All of it, all just every, all of it, even the bad parts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because it was all growing opportunities. And and then when we look back and we saw, see, when we went to Peru, we always thought, man, it'd be great if we could just plant a church.
1: Yeah,
0: man, we just plant a church. That's going to be awesome. Well, after a few years, God began to challenge our hearts and say, well, what about impacting the city? Hmm. Then the Lord began to challenge our hearts and say, what does it take to impact a nation? well which is a whole different concept yeah. and 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 dynamics involved i mean the paradigm shift there is is humongous
1: yeah there's men that are struggling with impacting their family
0: yeah. let alone
1: their you know city and so
0: state right taking that uh that idea we myself and some other missionaries that we we were partnering with at the time we developed a uh uh a, a ministry if you will a a a, a teaching team and we, we it, it was a uh, how do you say it? It was it was a, a nonprofit organization that we set up in Peru. It okay. was called the Peruvian Center for Leadership Development. Sure. And in the, in the midst of that, what the Lord had challenged our hearts were that if we wanted to impact the nation, we had to impact the leadership, which included the men. We were yeah. heavily involved with men's ministries at that time, um, but we knew that in any community or culture, you basically have three areas of of leadership if you're going to impact the leadership because everything flows down from the head. So we looked at families, but we also looked at the churches and then we looked at local governments and stuff mm. like that because that's leadership. And then we looked at entrepreneurs Very because good. those are local uh, leaders. So what we begin to do, we we early on begin to realize that a lot of the pastors and leaders of churches down there, even though they were called of God and, and, and love Jesus, I mean, very devoted to their work, right. uh, could never say anything uh, negative about them. They were doing all they could. One of the things we recognized was their lack of, of education or opportunity to have education, I think would be better. say. Yeah. So that's when we begin to plant Bible sc- schools and do uh, pastors conferences where we'd go in and really? do training for days at a time with them. And um, so we begin to impact the churches that way. I mean, the Lord blessed us. We was able to put out over 500 uh, video Bible schools across wow. the nation of Peru and a few in Argentina and Chile and Ecuador. That's amazing. And then, but then in the conferences, we also begin to offer with uh, businessmen. And so we would bring in Christian businessmen and do conferences with these guys That's and awesome. teach them how to be better businessmen yeah. using God's principles. Uh, and then um, we, we, we did that with... Uh, uh, we did that with the uh, local governments and stuff, municipalities and stuff, just teaching leadership skills. Even if we invited everybody, regardless whether they were believers or not, sure. because we wanted to provide. And we knew that through that process, we maybe could develop some relationships. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, in that time, I mean, over the years, when I look back, it's like, man, God allowed us to do feeding programs for street kids, plant churches, pastor, uh, Bible schools, uh, medical clinics build public schools uh i mean there's just so many things so it wasn't like any one thing it's like the culmination of everything that god brought together it was like man this is so you know when we started, we never imagined Exactly, this. It's yeah. like, so it I much couldn't bigger. imagine. Yeah. yeah, it was so much bigger, but God didn't throw it all on us at one time because I, I don't know, it probably would have blew my mind. So yeah. he just said, just do this. He doesn't give you the blueprint. Now up, do up, this. Upfront. Yeah. Now do this. Yeah. And so over a period of time, this thing grew and developed. And the next thing you know, we've got all this stuff going. And so uh, uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was, fun. It was challenging, done. but it was fun.
1: So Mike, what was the biggest doubt or let's say the story the false story that the enemy was trying to speak over you or over your family during that time
0: well i think i think it's the same one we still hear today that you know you know god there's always somebody better you could pick to do this mm. you know uh man anybody could do that better than me but wow. but you you just have to bring yourself to where you say god for whatever reason, you want me to do this, yes. you know? Yeah. And um, so there's a hundred people you could pick that could do it better. But since you want me to do it, I'm just going to do this. And so inadequacy, I think is the word yeah, that, so that good. that, and I think men oftentimes struggle with that. You know, in our ego, we, we all, oh, we, we can do it. We can take care of it. But when it gets down to doing some of these things that required, I mean, it's like the logistics of some of these things. I'm like, where do you even start? with this? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, God would just come through and it's like, I want you to do it. Yeah. And so, uh, but it teaches you humility in the same time. Absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, when we don't need God to do it anymore, then what are we doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, I like the word, uh, inadequacy. I love speaking on that because it is something that troubles the young man often. And mm-hmm. I won't even just say the young man, the The man experience, the yeah. masculine journey is troubled yeah. by inadequacy or the feeling of weak. So the biggest, uh, I'll say, diss that you can say to a man is you are weak, mm-hmm. inadequate. You're mm-hmm. not able to do this. Right? Uh, you are not enough. Right. You don't have what it takes. And that right there is something that the Lord, only when we get into right relationship with God and we are hearing the dialogue that he's having with us, with our hearts, that he's actually speaking to us, do we actually get to push aside the schemes of the enemy, the flaming arrows? We get to push that all aside and focus on him, that one-on-one connection right. with the one that matters, the one father that has been fathering us all along. So, And I appreciate that because, hey, we all go through it. Yeah, yeah. But like I uh, had mentioned last night, the worst place to be you know, is alone yeah. in your head yeah. where you where you believe that what the enemy's speaking
0: to you. Yeah. that's the truth. Yeah, you know? yeah. Don't entertain that thing. Uh, Did you
1: have people around you that were able to encourage you that were Barnabas's in your life? That- well, I, I,
0: my wife always believed in me. Yeah, and so she was. Uh, I don't think I could have done any of it without her. Wow. Um, I mean, her part was different, but it wasn't any less valuable, right? Than what I was doing. Uh because who was taking care of the kids when I was spending two weeks at a time in the oh, job? Absolutely. You know, who, absolutely she she homeschooled our children. Wow. You know? So um um I mean, her job was different, but I couldn't have done any of it without her and and her confidence in me, even even now. I mean, um sometimes I say, I don't know. It's, you got this. Go yeah, do it. go do it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. God She's, wants you, you, you to do it. Go do it. With
1: her. That's awesome. so she can she can pull alongside of you and, and yeah, call yeah. out that. And she knows when I you. need
0: to hear it, and when and and I mean, she knows how I think. She knows me better than I know myself sometimes. Uh, but yeah, and and then I was around. You know, had other missionaries. You know, one of the things I appreciated about being on the foreign field, right, was that denomination wasn't really a big deal. I love that. You know. It, because you know, there just weren't that many of us. Yeah, I didn't care what flavor you were. Right. You know, you love Jesus. Where are you from? Minnesota? Great, man. I'm from Louisiana. (laughs) Let's do this. Yeah. We're from the States, you know? (laughs) And so, and then, then we befriended people from like, uh, Norway and Germany and man, we were all foreigners that loved Jesus in a, in a foreign culture trying to just, you know, do what God has called us to do. And so, uh, the Americans, we would get together and celebrate like Fourth of July and stuff like that together because that's not a holiday in Peru. So yeah. we would make our own little, you know, holidays and um and uh so you develop those kind of relationships and and other people that uh that knew you and you knew them and you would, you know, plan together and encourage each other. So right. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that anybody ever try to do it by themselves. Yeah, so good. I mean, that's almost setting yourself up for failure. There's a
1: great uh, African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. Yeah. If you want to go far, go with others. That's right. Right. The other day I was speaking to my wife about this. I'm like, you know, I think it's go with others. And with God because yeah, man, yeah. we can we can go with others and sometimes be led astray. That's you right. know, we can try to go God's fast. has got to be one of God. the others
0: in that group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I don't think uh any of the things that we saw God do would have been accomplished through my life if I had done this, tried to do it by myself. Yeah. I mean, it would have been so limited. Yeah. A lot of years just wasted, you know.
1: Right. I I can relate to that, Mike. I've been in the Marine Corps for eight years and a lot of people, you know, will reach out. Hey, thank you for your service. But I am not kidding when I say I have an easy job compared to my wife and I get to do everything that I get to do because right. of what she does at home, right. back home, here in the States or here with the children where, you know, the first two years of our marriage, I was gone 65% of it, mm-hmm. right? We did the count day by day or month by month. And it's wow. just, she really holds it down. Mm-hmm. And then she's that woman on my side that's always encouraging me, pushing me up mm-hmm. and, and 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 bringing me forward into a you know, the calling that the Lord has for me whenever it is that the enemy is trying to beat me down. So uh, I love having a strong woman in my life. I like that. If you don't have one,
0: get you one. (laughs) (laughs) Ask God to get you one. Standard issue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You need it. Believe me in the midst of battle. Uh, That's awesome.
1: So Mike, if you can go back, I love this. I love asking this question. If you could go back and speak to 20 year old, you have knowing everything you know now for one minute, you have one minute. What do you say to him?
0: Don't hold back with God. Don't hold back with God. Don't hold back anything. Yeah. The, the, the times you doubt it, or you're going to doubt, because I would be speaking future tense for him, just get go with it. Mm. Go with it on the things that God wants to do. Uh, don't doubt. Mm. I like I, that. I said this uh, in our meeting, our leadership meeting today. I don't think we'll ever stand before Jesus in eternity and say, uh, or, or hear, him, hear him say to us, oh, you took me too seriously. <laughs> It's just not going to happen, yeah, bro. True. you yeah. know, it's just not going to happen. Um, and so I don't think we'll ever regret the time or the energy or the, our gifts or just whatever we give to God. I don't think we'll ever regret any of it that we gave. Yeah. We'll, we'll wonder why we didn't give more. Yeah. Why didn't, why did I hold back those times? Wow. Because in eternity, I mean, it's just going to all be laid out there, you know? Wow. Yeah.
1: Mike, I, I think that there's a, a little bit of a problem sometimes when people speak of ministries or going into full-time ministry, because the way that sometimes churches do it, let's let's just take a, a simple example. We do this with the right heart. We bring up a family who's being called to full-time ministry, mm-hmm. and we say, hey, everybody, Jill and Jack are mm-hmm. quitting their jobs and they are going full-time missions. You know, they're gonna be evangelists or pastors or missionaries, whatever it is that the Lord is calling into. And everybody in the bleachers, everybody in the stands is clapping. Everybody's clapping for them and blessing them. And what I think there's a where there, where I think there's a disconnect is that we think that the higher calling is when somebody quits everything and goes to that one thing or where every, where somebody believes that pushing a card at Walmart, is no longer full-time ministry. Now there's a difference between vocational ministry,
0: right? right? right. And and
1: that is, that think, is something in and of all itself. all
0: full-time. But,
1: but Okay. So that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I, I remember reading a book where somebody posted a uh, sign that they would read as they're driving or pulling out of their driveway in the rearview mirror. And it said, you are
0: now entering the mission field. You're right, <laughs> And right. then the other side of it, when he's coming in, you are yeah. now entering the mission field. Well, well that's part of the, <laughs> I think the weakness in the American church is that we have this, uh, segregated life where right. this is my Jesus life and this is my normal life.
1: Yes. Pushing but, carts doesn't right. mean Jesus. But your life
0: should have integrity. And that word, it means integrated, which mm-hmm. means one. Right. You only have one life. And so whether you're at home or pushing carts or or doing whatever you do, it's all for Jesus. Yes. He's, Paul said, whatever you do, uh you know, do it as unto the Lord. He says, do it in the name of the Lord, yes. whatever you do. So that, that's a fallacy to think that I have, you know, Sunday morning is my church life and that's my God time. And so after that, then I can be my other self. Right. Well, that means one of those people is not the real person. Then. Right. And
1: yeah. you
0: have to fix if it's the wrong person Then you need to take care of that. You need to fix that. You need to get with God uh, because you need a savior. But... the yeah, it, it's either all or it's none. And right. Jesus laid it out that way. You know, that's not something that we just recently came up with. It's always been in the Bible. Yeah. You know, so we love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. We, Our times and seasons belong to the Lord, the Bible teaches us. Yeah, uh, uh, The gifts and the talents that he gives us belongs to us. all that we possess. The earth it belongs to the Lord, the Bible says, in the fullness thereof. And it. so everything that's on this planet, including us, belongs to God. And now what we do with that, uh, it either needs to all be for him or we're fooling ourselves. Right. And so there is no segregated life as a Christian. You either are or you aren't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I love thinking about um, that passage that says, seek first the kingdom of God. And and I pause there mm-hmm. because the temptation is to say, Okay, I am going to do godly activity mm-hmm. first, and then I'm going to put my wife and my children, and I make this order. And while I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with, with thinking about the structure of putting, of giving God your first fruit, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I think we miss the fact that when we put our children third— That's actually still seeking first the Mm -hmm. kingdom of God, because as I sit down and play Legos with my child, Mm -hmm. I'm still seeking first the kingdom of God. Sure. As I'm, 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 you know, I'm building a little Lego castle.
0: Seeking first the kingdom of God means seeking his lordship. And so in everything you do, you bring in his lordship, first of all, in your own life. Yeah. yeah. Because you have to be submitted to it. You can't offer something to somebody else that you don't have. Yes. And then bring in that lordship into the life of your wife, your kids bringing them underneath the authority of Christ and in, in everything you do. And awesome. then he says, and then his righteousness. Yes. And that just simply means his right acts. It's an old English word and it means uh, God's way of doing things. Yeah. That's all it means. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Let's just do it God's way.
1: Yeah. What do you think is one of the primary things that are keeping millennials from going into full-time vocational ministry? Do you think that there is a difference? There's less of it. Do you think there's uh, there's been changes to the the perspective of it?
0: I I think uh, if if there is, there's probably not just one thing because there never there, there never is just one problem right. with anything in life. Um, um, I think a lack of clarity, perhaps, in mm. the in, uh, from the pulpit and yeah. the teaching staff of the church to help people understand, um, what ministry is because ministry, the word to minister simply means to serve. Wow. That's all it means. Yeah. That's all it means. It means to serve a waiter on tables, he's serving. And so we wait on people, we serve them. And then to do it vocationally to where it's full time, as we say, that just simply means now you, you have more of your own life to give to other people. Right. And so, um, I Think to help people to understand that, and then at the same time, help them to understand from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 that God calls certain people, not all people, yeah, but He gives some, He says, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That some of you guys are going to have this call upon your heart mm-hmm. and upon your life. And if that's you, uh, I don't ever tell people, Well, you got to do it in a certain time frame. What we did. As we made the transition, I was working a job and, um, before we went to the mission field. But as I was doing, I was beginning to have to preach and teach more and travel and do churches. When it becomes impossible to do what you're doing yeah. and still obey God, then it's time to make the transition. Mm-hmm. In other words, now you have so much ministry to do, and that's going to take care of you. Yeah. Well, then you've already made the transition. It's not like you have to make it happen. And so I think as you walk in obedience, the ministry will just overtake you. And the finances will be there to support you. Yes. And uh, you just look at it. Well, man, it's not that I don't like to do that anymore. What I was doing, you know, whatever you do in life as a vocation, whether you're a carpenter, doctor, whatever, I just don't have time anymore because I'm doing what God has called me to do. And so I think uh, helping people understand that, because a lot of times we try to put people in a box and in constraints to where they think they have to do certain steps and they have to get it done in a certain amount of time. Exactly. Everybody's different. We all learn at a different pace and God works with us. Thank God as individuals, because we see things different. We understand different. And then we have the gift, different giftings and talents. And so we're not going to respond in the same way. I mean, an evangelist that is pure evangelist at heart, at heart, uh, it's going to be completely different than a pastor that's just pure pastor at heart. Yeah, yeah. And so the the ministry aspect is going to be different than everything. So, I think a lack of teaching and and helping people understand how that plays out in the practical world.
1: I love it. Mike, thank you so much for the conversation. I appreciate having you, man. This has been, it's been amazing. Honestly, I've, I've learned so much and I feel like so much of it has been deposited into my heart as, as the the seed that I needed in my life right now. Awesome. And I, I pray that it is the same thing for some of the men uh, listening here and guys go ahead and check us out at I You'll be able to get in touch with uh, some more resources that we know will help you reign in life. And we're all about encouraging and empowering men to to just grow in the Lord yeah. and just reaching out to, to uh, a generation of men to rise up and take hold of their identities in Christ. And I, I believe, Mike, firmly that when a man understands his identity and who it is that Christ calls him to be,
0: yeah.
1: everybody else wins. That's right. Yeah.
0: I believe that. Thanks a lot. Hey, my Thanks pleasure. For being with us. Glad to be here.